works, hit set, and here we go. Hello, everybody. I'm Hernan, and you know me. I'm the founder and chief volunteer for Apprentice Worldwide, and today we are celebrating this big, big milestone, which is uh, my friend, Olufunke has finally given birth to her first book. Yay! <laughs> we are celebrating today. Because, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the book. The book is uh, Defying Inertia. And uh, it's just a, a wonderful uh, book with great advice and uh, a lot of good stories and examples for everybody to follow. It's an easy read. Um, and uh, Olu will tell us more about it. But before she tells us specifically about the book, I wanted to hear a little bit about Olu's story. So I know, Olu, when you and I met, um, you were at the University of uh, Central Florida, I remember. Yeah. Yes. You referred to me by, by a good friend of mine, uh, Anna, who was yes. also part of our team in Orlando. And then we quickly became friends. We we saw that we have many things in common, including the, the drive and determination to succeed in this country. And, uh, you know, you, you, you made it, right? You work hard and, uh, you know, you, you've been building your dreams little by little and you accomplish one and then the next and then the next and then the next, right? And, but you had a, an interesting background uh, as a banker before as well. And that, uh, we had in common. So why don't you tell us about yourself? Tell us your story. My story? Well, thanks, Hernan. It's a blessing to have you as my adopted brother <laughs> from another set of parents. Okay, yes, I am Olufunke Okeni. I'm Nigerian-American, so that tells us that I'm originally from Nigeria. I was born in Lagos, Nigeria, and I have lived on three continents at the moment. I've lived on the African continent, in Europe, and now in North America. So I emigrated to the United States in 2010, and it has been quite a journey, right? Like you mentioned earlier, I worked in banking in Nigeria. I had a brief stint in telecommunications as well. So when I got to the United States, I got the immigrant's baptism, right? <laughs> Where you have to start practically start all over again. I learned that I had to get a US degree to have access to the kinds of uh, opportunities that I really wanted, that I was really interested in. So I did what I needed to do, went back to the University of Central Florida, actually started at Valencia College where I met Anna who introduced us and then I moved to University of Central Florida. When I met you, Hernan, we, um, I remember we connected on different things, philanthropy, you know, the desire to help others, drive, ambition, not giving up. And it was also a pleasant surprise to meet someone who knew the bank I worked for <laughs> in Nigeria. You were the first person who is non-Nigerian who had met in the United States who actually knew about Intercontinental Bank and you had actually um, I think in the course of your career had some international dealings that 
got you in contact with that organization. So now I currently moved to, to just a second. Now I currently live in Texas. I live in the city of Dallas, very different from Orlando, Florida, but really beautiful as well in its own way. As well, I'm wearing the Dallas hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is the last time I saw you. We were at the uh, Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Stadium, yeah. A big, big party from a company called High Radius that hosted us to 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 be there. And we had probably the largest party that I've been to in my life in the middle of the stadium. <laughs> uh, we do things big here in Texas. I know. <laughs> and you told me that, that 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 was the first time that you went to the stadium. And you live there, right? I have to come from Miami to, to take you out. I know, I know. But that's just part of my personality. Uh, I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy being with people. I enjoy the energy of people. At the same time, I enjoy my own space. You know, I'm one of those people who enjoys her own company. You know, I, re I took a personality test and I realized that I'm an advocate. We are introverts. But we really can come out and the times we come out and we're extroverted. If you don't study us well, you would think we are really extra. We would think we're really extroverted, but we really aren't extroverted. We can only be that for a short period of time and then we retreat in and we totally enjoy just watching other people interact and you know, we observe people and that and all. And one of the things that advocates actually um, are great at is reaching out to other people and helping other people because we see others as an extension of ourselves, right? In, in, some, in some ways it could be a weakness because you also have to apply wisdom, right? And um, well, not really look out for yourself, but you have to apply wisdom and be able to make smart decisions and not make your natural propensity to help and reach out to others. Uh, weakness that could stop you from reaching your own goals because you're so used to putting others before yourself. So that's something that I work on to remember myself. You know, <laughs> I put it in the book, remember you include yourself, put yourself on your list, put yourself on your vision board that you know you are also worth the best that you give others. You're worth receiving it from yourself. And it's so, interesting that you mentioned that because you know, we, 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 start, we start our careers uh, with, with one idea that we want to do something. And then all of a sudden, we get hit with the harsh reality that everybody in the world wants to uh, achieve their dreams. And then, and then you get into conflicts because the, the dream of somebody else conflicts with your dream. And, yeah. and um, it, it gets a little interesting. And I, I know you talk about that in, in your book uh, about, you know, uh, change, uh, pivoting and changing. So before we do that, what, how come you, you went from, so tell me, you, you went from technology, then banking, then came over here, started working in, in, in business intelligence, and now you decided to write a book. How, take me to that journey. What, what, uh, what took you through the journey? Thought process. The thought process. Oh, thanks for asking that. Now, this is really, I, I promised you. <laughs> <laughs> this is really interesting. You know, just look at the things you said about my career. That, that will give you the impression of someone who just goes and gets things done, right? Just goes and gets things done. 
Now, one of the things that drives that um, propensity to get things done is also the advocate in me, where I put others before me and I just go, okay, my boss wants this, the company wants this, I'm thinking of the company, I'm thinking of the, you know, others and just go and I love it, you know, just go get things done. But then in 2016, um, I experienced, I call it a whiplash year where I lost both my parents, you know, my I lost my father on my way to the airport in Lagos to come back to the United States because I went to see him. And so I was, I had to make a decision there. Do I board the plane or do I stay behind? But the logical part of me decided, you know, staying behind wouldn't make any difference. He, he's taken his last breath. But I was happy that I took time off and went to see him in, in the hospital. But then when I was in transit, to his funeral, while in transit to his funeral, right, I lost my mom. So I left Orlando with my mom alive and I got to Lagos with both parents in the morgue. I did not have the luxury of mourning them because I'm the eldest in my family and the culture is such that the eldest is looked up to to make decisions, you know, to get things going. So when I had to plan an, an, a second funeral, and just an emergency one, and two, I didn't, have, I didn't have the luxury of sitting to really take it in and think about it. Putting out fires, making sure things got done. And then I came into the United States, I flew back into the US and the very next day I had um, some schoolwork that was pending that I had to submit because that was my final semester at UCF. So when I graduated, the day I you know, finished at UCF, something just happened to me, Hernan. I, you know, this is looking backwards now. A part of me just felt, you know what, I have done this and I had no interest in anything else. So I started yo-yoing between my natural drive and you know, joy that I had a job coming out of school. I want to succeed, I want to excel, I want to prove myself, I want to you know, get things done. And then the other side of me that just was so depressed. So I kept yo-yoing. And then I realized over time that other than giving my attention and all my energies to my job, and serving in church, I wasn't interested in anything else. It was so bad, I procrastinated so badly on every other area of my life that I didn't even finish a book in three years. And for someone who was raised reading books all the time, I was always reading books. You know, it was just part of me. I, that one of the reasons why I enjoyed my own company. Once I had a book, I'm good. I just realized that, you know, Year in, year out, I would have these goals and just wouldn't meet them. And it wouldn't, if they, went, if, they went, if they did not pertain to my career and did not pertain to serving in church, I didn't care. I was Jekyll and Hyde. However, the thing about procrastination is it's a habit. It begins to seep into other areas of your life. So I caught myself 
in the middle of the night, trying to finish work I knew I could have finished before 5 p.m. And that was, that was a wake up call for me that no, 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 no. This thing has, this, this putting off things is no longer a private thing, it's no longer restricted to your private life. It's, it's seeped in, it has seeped in into your career. I didn't have misses at work, but the price I paid to not have those misses at work was working longer hours. And that put a toll on my health. I had to start learning, learning how to you know, set myself straight. So this book actually is a compilation of the hard conversations, the tough conversations I had with myself. Those conversations I had looking in the mirror and talking to myself, you know, examining my mindsets, you know, why I gave up some goals, why I stopped doing some things, why some things were undone three years in a row. They were on my New Year's resolution list, right? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had that. You have the same New Year resolution year in, year out. And I had to catch myself, why is this thing still on my New Year's resolution? That's not you, Funke. You have to get rid of all the things that are contributing to this pattern that you've seen in your life. And I decided to just put it in a book and share it with everybody. You know, knowing that if I went through that, you know, maybe one way or the other, someone else could read it and it could be a wake up call for them, you know, to start looking at themselves and work, start working on themselves so that they can get better and actually work towards not success, but fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's fascinating because I always say, you know, uh, the, the, the people that 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 come from uh, places uh, that are far away uh, appreciate this country right a lot <laughs> and, and, and can see that you can make your dreams here uh, if you work very hard and it, it's it's the story of, of all of us right so mm -hmm. and, and, and obviously I have you in the map right here right so we uh, I come from a, a spot that is so little and to think that I came here and did what I, what I did and you that comes from, from Africa, right? Where people, you know, this is, it's amazing how, how you come from Africa and you work for one of the largest companies in the world, right? Just yeah. think about that, right? We have to step back and celebrate the goodness that, that is the journey right? The journey that brought us over here and that we continue to have. And you, you know, your journey is in the book, right? Why? So why did you call it Defying Inertia? What was the thought process? I know you, you were debating different titles and different covers. You have a cover of the, of the pendulum, no? Yes, I do. Oh my goodness. You know, those were the words that just came to my head. Initially, I was like, oh, defying gravity. But you know how it is when you want to select a title for a work, you have to make sure that that title is not taken or there isn't um, a right to that title, exclusive right to that title. So I wanted to use defying gravity. And I realized, because I love the song Defying Gravity by Adina Menzel. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I love that, that play, Wicked. 
so the musical wicked anyway so i wanted to use define gravity and define gravity was taken but inertia was also in my head so i wrote define inertia you know and then one day i woke up literally in the morning i woke up and as i woke up it just hit me that wait a minute define inertia is what my father used to say you know my dad if you're seated oh my father was my father was a classic if you were seated just lazing around okay not doing anything he would tell you inertia is what was happening to you that you were that you were sitting doing nothing and he would tell you to get going you know break free from inertia he used that term a lot he was a very very he was a supremely intelligent person and his vocabulary, oh my goodness, I wish I had his vocabulary. But that was a term that my siblings and I heard growing up, defi defying inertia, you know, inertia, inertia. Someone who is lazy, my father would say, oh, that's inertia. <laughs> you know, when you're ready to move, you get up and overcome inertia and move. So define inertia unconsciously was a tribute to my dad. I still could hear his voice, you know. So it, I wrote this, yes, but I want the reader to also understand that there's a part of my father's influence that is coming through to them as well. Excellent. Well, again, and, and, and uh, you know, the story and, and knowing you, right? Knowing you is, uh, is, is what makes it uh, even better for, for me and what you're trying to do to help other people through what we do together right so it's a it's a beautiful thing why don't you tell us some specific chapters of the book maybe you want to read a little bit and then i know we have some friends that want to ask you questions say hi your fans <laughs> like <laughs> so we'll let them also uh, uh uh talk or ask you questions and uh, but again here we're the most important thing here is we're here to celebrate celebrate you your book your accomplishments your life you know so please tell us, read to us a little bit or tell us uh, your favorite chapter that we should be reading. Okay. Okay, let me start this way. Let me just share the table of contents with us, right? Walk us through the book and then I will select a chapter and read it. Will that be fine? This is your show, so you do whatever you want. Okay. So the beginning, this book starts in chapter one with a call to be aware of your choices, right? And then we take the reader through mindsets. There's an entire chapter dedicated to destructive mindsets and there's another chapter dedicated to looking at success building mindsets because we know based on my, my most favorite book in the entire world, right? which is actually the Bible. It's just, for me, it's just the most interesting thing I, book I've ever read and still read. There's a saying in there that as a man thinks, so he is. So that saying is the basis for which I examined my mindsets and I shared and I share what I realized with readers and, and call readers to, you know, look at themselves as well. What are their mindsets? Then we go into seed and harvest time looking at the impact of time on our decisions and the things we do. Then the, read, the reader is called to choose a more effective version of themselves. 
And in choosing a more effective version of themselves, they're also encouraged to plan effectively. Don't plan starting with a to-do list. Start your planning with a calendar. It makes a world of difference. I, I promise you, when you read the book, you'll understand. Then we're advised to adopt great habits and also harness our mental strength. So chapter eight is titled, Harness Your Mental Strength. And that actually is just talking about pride and how you can use pride to increase your productivity. I'm sure some have never thought of that before because we see pride as a very negative thing. Chapter eight would, would um, give you a, another view of pride. Chapter nine talks about creating a vision board. How do you create a vision board? What's the importance of a vision board? Chapter 10 talks about accomplishing more by acting more purposefully. Now, I talked earlier about how I would do things only for others. I would gain so much energy and drive and enjoyment in doing for others, but then forget myself, not include myself. But in this chapter, I talked about acting more purposefully, starting from your own purpose. Everything you do should be connected to your purpose. Because if you do not understand your purpose, you will do things to fulfill the purpose of others. Control your own journey. Be present. The ultimate goal is fulfillment. Unlike what we hear in the media, in books, you know, in motivational speeches, success is great. But I'm calling the reader to think beyond success and look towards fulfillment. Fulfillment is that thing that money really can't buy. It's just that deep inner sense. It's, it's, the, it's like getting a rainbow on a rainy day, fulfillment. So chapter 12 talks about the ultimate goal being fulfillment and not success. And we conclude by inviting the reader to not be conscious of their productivity curve. The curve would not be, it's not, it's not gonna be one curve because your life is not a monochrome. It's not monodimensional. There will be different curves for different aspects of your life. But it's always beautiful to recognize that different aspects of your life may have different curves and it's fine, it's okay. So that's the book in really short summary. I know, I know you had some great examples of things that happened to you along the way. You want to I know they're very personal. I didn't. I don't. I don't want to uh, divulge too much because I want people to read the book. But maybe you want to share an example of something that happened to you and how you overcame it, or how how you uh, you know you change your mind. You know. Hmm. So do I, let me. Do I read the first chapter then? Be aware of your choices. Yes. Good. <laughs> That will be that will be an intimate one to read. 
but if it's going to help someone, oh my goodness, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth. It. And I've already gotten feedback that that chapter has impacted people. And I didn't even think that was going to be the most impactful chapter, <laughs> chapter one, but I've gotten quite a bit of feedback from it. So let's read chapter one. Chapter one, be aware of your choices. Everyone wants to fulfill the highest, truest expressions of yourself as a human being. Oprah Winfrey. Growth is the process of increasing, developing, or maturing physically, mentally, or spiritually. It occurs every time. Time is the most precious resource, ever present, ever advancing, never stagnant. Time's dynamic and irreplaceable nature makes it the most expensive, yet natural and evenly distributed resource in the entire world. You are either spending yours or investing it. What you do with your time is your life. Don't get me wrong. Watching a great movie, laughing with your children, sleeping or enjoying lazy moments are all fine. I honestly cannot tell you how many times I have watched the movie, The Sound of Music. But each time spent watching it is acknowledged as time spent watching others doing their jobs and getting paid. Each broadcast is someone's payday. Waste too many nows and a lifetime of opportunities could end up lost. Time is money. What value do you place on your time? Is it time to work on completing that business proposal or is it time to catch up with friends on social media whom you have never met? Are you investing your time or spending it? Can you honestly say you are efficient in managing your time? Too many typically rush to answer with a yes, a class reunion, landmark, birthday, or bumping into a seemingly successful former classmate who was not particularly smart in school and had the least advantages. Whatever the trigger, we reach a point in our lives when we hunger for change and are willing to learn how to do more for ourselves. The desire to unlock and harness our innate self-improvement magic gets stronger. We develop an appetite for something better and are willing to critically consider our roles. Until then, something can be staring us right in the eye, yet, we neither see nor recognize it and thus do not respond to its existence. Look in the mirror. Honest introspection is integral to self-improvement. The easiest person to deceive is the one staring back at you in the mirror. Be aware of this self-deception tendency and its power to rob you of growth and gain. Adaptability is a wonderful gift all living things possess. So why do we typically wait for acute pain before changing? Let's ponder the classic frog and hot water story starring the froggies. You may have heard this story before. So Miss Froggy is placed in a pot of boiling water. She immediately jumps right out of the water. Why? Because she's unable to tolerate a sudden change in her environment the water's temperature. Mr. Froggy is placed in a pot of lukewarm water at room temperature. Then surreptitiously, heat is applied to the pot and the water temperature begins to rise until, uh, wait a minute, Mr. Froggy is dead. 
how did that happen? Why didn't he jump out of the water? Frogs are poikilothermic and able to function over a wide range of core body temperatures. That's cool. However, the fatal temperature for the frog's heart is 107.6 degrees Fahrenheit. So unlike Miss Froggy, who readily became aware of the danger of the sharp change in her environment, Mr. Froggy started out adjusting his core body functions to match rising stress. He did not move until he could no longer do so. People are like Mr. Froggy. We ignore warning signs for as long as we can until we cannot, until things get tough and painful. We learn our lessons when we experience unmanageable pain. We procrastinate on making needed changes. This is generally because change is difficult. It requires work and is painful. Thus, too many of us end up with lost opportunities and for some, shattered lives. Awareness is key. A stitch in time saves nine. Change is inevitable and constant. At one point or another, we will experience different turning points in life when change cannot be postponed. We can eventually unlock our self-improvement power, that inherent force of magic. No external voice will be needed for push and the focus will be on what matters and benefits us. Everyone procrastinates, but not everyone is a procrastinator. We all put off some things, but for some, it is a way of life. They, do every, they have every excuse conceivable for why they procrastinate. Do you procrastinate? Are you a procrastinator? Opportunity cost. I first learned this concept in middle school. It refers to the loss of potential gain from other alternatives when one alternative is chosen. To apply this concept, let us first identify a few ways you procrastinate. Below are examples you can start with. Check as many boxes as apply to you and write down as many more as you can identify. Be honest. This is about your growth. No judgments. If you need more space, use your writing pad. Waiting till the last minute before submitting assignments. Miss credit card payments. Not communicating when hurt by a friend or family and then bursting a dam of anger on them the nth time they repeat the offense. Waiting till you have more time before starting something not calling your doctor about that persistent symptom or discomfort. Repeatedly postponing a dental inspection or eye appointment. Not having the car's squeaking sound checked. Want to possess all necessary knowledge and skills before starting anything. Regularly arrive at the airport 30 minutes before a flight's scheduled takeoff time. Great job. Now let's try to understand the cost of these actions. You see, if time is money, if time like money is either invested or spent, there must be a cost associated with our inactions. Typically, 
these are goals that could have been completed. So review the first example from above. Wait till the last minute before submitting assignments. You are assigned to make a presentation on a recently approved, especially important project to your company's leaders. Your manager told you the presentation was due in six weeks. The day before giving the presentation, you send a draft of the slides to your project sponsors for help with clarifying certain project requirements and receive no feedback. During the presentation the next morning, one of the leaders from another region points out your data is wrong. You could have avoided the debacle by communicating with your sponsors at an earlier date with sufficient time to share feedback. How do you think your project sponsors and managers would feel about you and your work? It may be a bad time to talk about promotion and a raise. What opportunity gains can be missed when we procrastinate? What costs can we incur by waiting until tomorrow? Missed career promotions, missed salary raises, paying bank penalties in the form of interest rates, frayed or broken relationships, poverty, increased car repair costs, missing out on scholarships and having to pay high tuition costs. Write as many opportunities as you have missed because you procrastinated. What good thing or accomplishment are you currently giving up? Then come the big questions. What is their dollar value? Are the things you did when you procrastinated worth your lost opportunities? Why did you choose to procrastinate? The quicker you recognize your contribution to these misses, the earlier you can make new and better choices. Take ownership. Once you accept that you procrastinate and accept how hugely expensive it is, ask yourself if you desire a change. If you answer yes, the next step is to eliminate it and take back your life. Don't indulge in self-pity and be too hard on yourself. Be aware of your thoughts and habits. Take ownership and be excited to get to the other side of procrastination. Start with making small changes. Remember, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Start now by completing this book and being as honest as you can. That's the end of the chapter. <laughs> so this uh, is probably, uh, yes, one of the, the best reads I have uh, read in any book, right? And I've read thousands of books in my life um, because you just gave everybody a big kick in the behind, right? To wow. make sure that people recognize the time wasters in our lives. And, and um, wow, so I, I wrote a bunch of things, including, you know, uh, dealing with the pain uh, sometimes we don't we don't want to we put things aside because we don't want to deal with the pain. But at the end, you know, the, the temperature rises and it's gonna be even more painful, right? Yes, yes. So you you rather deal with it. And you know, one of the things that I always hear from, particularly from from the team, my associates, right, 
is I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do it because I'm busy. And 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 I laugh because if I show you my agenda, uh, you you would you would uh, go crazy because the reality is I run four businesses, right? And oh, wow. I find time. I have I have a, a demanding wife who wants me to make sure that I'm at, I'm at home, and then two kids that are amazing, but they they take time, right? And mm -hmm. and I still find time for the things that I want to do because I put priority in the things wow. that matter to me. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. This is what, 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 what we are, uh, you know, presenting here is stop wasting time because the, the, the time is now to do the things that you want. And we are here for that. Right. So this yeah. organization that we created, we created, right. You and I and, and the team is for us not to waste more time. You know, we search, we search, right. You search in life for contacts. You search in life for business opportunities. You search in life. And, and now all of a sudden, you know, all the lights, uh, all the stars align. And mm -hmm. look at you, you're here, right? Uh, <laughs> so again, uh, uh, valuable lessons, my friend. This is uh, spectacular. And we can, I know we can read the entire book here together because I also <laughs> like your voice, by the way. Uh, oh, more, more, more passionate than you. Uh, now I cannot read. I'm going to have in my mind you reading it. <laughs> so, but this is beautiful. Uh, but I don't want to, you know, I want to give a chance to my teammates uh, here around the floor to, to ask questions, make comments uh, if they can. So I'll shut up. And uh, I know Bianca is around the corner, my friend Bianca. Bianca, what do you think about this? Big slap in the face. <laughs> Hi, Olu, Renan. Hi, Bianca. Hello. First, I want to say that I agree with Renan now. I, I, your voice is amazing. Um, like, you. there's no one better to read the book than yourself. But I got even a little bit uh, teary-eyed while you were speaking because yeah, you brought back something to my head that I had hidden away a while ago and, and that was that the first time I don't know if Anang remembers that a couple years back I took an assessment because I want to change careers mm -hmm. but I've been in communications for so long and it's so comfortable and and all that you know and I do it well so I keep doing it and, mm -hmm. and but now with with this pandemic and everything I just I am in that point of it's painful because mm. I really feel like I could be somewhere else where, where I am more passionate and feel more towards my purpose here on earth, whatever that may be, more in line with it. And, and, I, and just as you were speaking, I was like, oh my God, I forgot that, you know, and I was thinking about it the other day, but it brought it back to my mind. And I would really love to see what else, you know, how you guide us in the book until the point where where you say, okay, I want this, I'm going for it, no more procrastinating, like I'd love to read it entirely and see. Of course, I would love to hear it read by you <laughs> because it was, it was excellent to hear you speak um, and connect with you that way. But um, I'm definitely, have, you definitely have a, a, you know, a, a reader here that would love to continue to read the book because it, it's resonated with me 
a lot. A lot, a lot. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Bianca. Oh my goodness. See, you, I just had breakfast, lunch, and dinner with that right now. <laughs> and I would love to, to see where it's available, you know, and if you can share the link through here, I would greatly appreciate it. I'm, I'm always looking for reading material that, like you said, I don't waste my time, uh, you know, reading the news or anything like that because my, yeah. my head just gets really toxic and these are times that we have no more space for that toxicity no. or at least I don't have more space for that toxicity so I like to fill my mind with messages like this that mm -hmm. gives me hope that that everything will be you know not the same but better because as you said it will keep changing and it will not change back to how the world yes. was that's just not yeah. possible so we have to adapt like yeah. you said so send the link via here and, and trust me, I, I would love to discuss more of this in the book club if that is possible. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Look, oh my goodness. There's something I didn't even say earlier on that you just really brought to fore. What a mentor of mine had talked to me about writing a book, you know, over a year ago. And I was like, okay, I'll write a book. And he said, it's good for your career. It gives you authority. You know, he gave me the logical points, which, which are valid. And then I started looking at my notes, the things, those, because I, I would journal and you know, I started looking at the journals and hard conversations I had with myself. Times I would laugh at myself and then I wrote them down and started putting things together. But I struggled with putting the material together until I did something I put in the book. What's the purpose? I asked myself what, five times, I put the five whys in the book. I said, why are you writing? Okay, I wrote that then, why this? And I was like, oh. I, started quest I started questioning and I used to be a business analyst. So it, I, I could really drill down, but it was also hard and emotional for me. And until I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? You know, until my purpose for this book is something that I align with, then I, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna put those notes together. And one day I was speaking with my siblings and I was sharing some things with them and it just hit me, yes, I'm going to, this is going to be a great way to help other people. I don't know how many people, you know, would be able to, benefit would benefit from my notes so i started putting it together when the purpose for writing the book changed it came together and i could write i could just pour i could just pour it out it just it just came out i was just typing and typing and typing it came out so for anything you want to do just look at why do you want to do it no matter what the base reason is it's better to realize it, to recognize it, than to ignore it. You know, even if you want to do something because you just want to feel good about it, it's fine. You're not weird. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not weird. It, it's fine, but it's always good to know why. Because if you don't know why, you wouldn't sell it to yourself and you will always put it off. You will always put it off. You know, I, I'm going to share. I'm going to share something uh, with you. So, uh, 
Oh, no, I have seen a transformation in your life, right? So I met you like around 2015, 2016. 2016, yeah. Uh, right? You, 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 are, you are a, a, uh, a 180, right? Confidence woman. When I met you, you were confident, but, but you always had your doubts. You know, yeah. I always try to push you uh, uh, more because I recognize. This is, this is one talent that I, that I know the Lord gave me, which is I recognize the talent, right? I recognize the potential, but you have to recognize it, right? So I, I can tell you 20 things, but until you look at yourself, you sit in the mirror and realize, you know what? Hernana was right, and everybody was right. I have it, right? I don't, I don't have to find it. You know, I have it. I have the talent. I have the, the experience, right? The history, mm -hmm. right? Your, your, your history. I, I, I always laugh because there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, people that, that give advice, and a coach, a coach, well, our coaches are spectacular, but some people that you find out there that give advice, but they haven't lived life. So the, the words are great, beautiful, but they have no meaning behind it because it never happened to them. They just say things for saying. And you put your actions in your words, right? And you do, you do the action first, and now you do the words, right? Yes, so yes. I appreciate that so much, uh, Olu. Thank you, Hernan. Thank you. I say... It says Olu Priceless, but it's Olu Princess because you're a <laughs> royalty. <laughs> By the way, that, uh, was a, that was another result of the self-reflection, Hernan. Naming myself Olu Priceless yeah. was part of the self-reflection. It, it was a journey, like you said. It was quite a journey that I just put together in, in less than 200 pages. Yeah. And I, I love it. And now you are mentoring you know, next generations and continue with this book, your multiplier, it's a multiplier effect, right? And, and by the way, Bianca, the same thing, Bianca, uh, you know, we're gonna share at some other point, maybe uh, Bianca, time for you to share, okay? Yeah. We also have a wonderful book to help, uh, you know, people in their, in their early 20s deal with whatever it is that they have in their lives, you know? So it, it comes at a different stage. So we have, we have a little bit for everybody here uh, in, this, uh, in this community. Um, I saw, did I see Carol there? Is she still around? Ms. Carrero? I think there are some comments. Yes, she's there. Let me take her off mute. Oh, go ahead. Hola, Olu. Congrats. Hola. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I just, just, just listen. And I'm very proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, please just let's ask where we can find the book. I would like okay. to be very, very, very excited. Yeah. Um, we're going to put it on in the book club. Hernan has already agreed to so let's put it in the book club. It's actually right now on Amazon. So if you go on Amazon, Defying Inertia, you'll find it there. But we'll also uh, put up links here and it'll, it'll be in the book club. It'll be in the academy, yes. In, the, in our academy, rather. It'll academy, be in our academy. Uh, like it has our other two books, the one on networking and the one on finding a job. This has to be there, you know. And okay. Yeah. I'm excited, but yes. 
So I, 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 I have a question, Olu. Okay. Uh, how, how was, how was, I mean, for me, I think that is a personal join when you write a book. Mm -hmm. uh, how was the, that moment, that moment, sorry, when you being, find, find yourself? How was the, that time? Whew. It was emotional. Okay. You know, <laughs> yes, I know I'm logical, right? I think with my left brain, left side of my brain a lot, but it was quite emotional because right before me, I saw the opportunity costs of not giving myself a chance for a long time, of doubting myself, you know, of putting up things <laughs> because I wasn't sure. And I wrote all those things down. And when I saw how expensive the opportunity cost was, the great, amazing opportunities that I'd had, because of the work I'd done, the things I'd done in the past, you know, I was, it took me aback that, wow, all this was available to me, you know? Or I did all this work, but I didn't take the harvest, you know, I gave it away. <laughs> It, it, it was really emotional for me. And the more, it's not, even, it's not in one day you will recognize everything. But once you start the journey, you know, you become used to it. Just like, you know, uh, exercise. The more you exercise, the fit you get, the fitter you get. But yeah, it was emotional. And I still experience it once in a while, I'll confess to you. I still experience it, you know, recognizing something in me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I go write it down again, you know. <laughs> right. But yes, it, it's one of the reasons why I'm just passionate about this. Because if I can realize it, if I can realize these things for myself at this stage in my life, the question is, can I help someone realize it earlier for themselves? Realize something similar earlier for themselves and not have to wait till a later time before they recognize it. And for anyone who is in my age bracket or even older, my message to them is it's not too late. That's, that's, that's fiction. It's not too late. So long as you're alive, you can still make an impact in the world and the world will love you for stepping out and touching them. So that's my response to that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, you said older, and I thought of Chris. <laughs> Chris is here as well. Uh, one of the first mentors in our program started with me in 2014. He actually was the one that I took Harry uh, to. Harry's the first apprentice that we had in 2014. And Chris gave him a job and an opportunity. He believed in him. And if you follow Harry, he's kicking butt, you know. So, Chris, you're there? I see you. <laughs> By the way, Chris does a lot of work in, in Africa. And, and let me remind people here that we are expanding in Africa. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at, uh, at uh, Kenya. We have people in Nigeria, South Africa, Ghana. Uh, we're looking in, in Northern Africa as well. 
uh, we want talented individuals that like to network and and learn you know uh, and uh, you know I take care mainly of the mentors to make sure that they are passionate about helping people but if anybody uh, uh, finds some associates for us to 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 help they they have to have you know the five things that we look for right most importantly that they have a big part because yeah. the big egos uh, we don't we leave them at home right we don't, we don't <laughs> for, for egos if you come if you come here to compare who's the most successful you lose because you're sitting which one is more successful right all of them right all of your mentors are 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 are, are amazing individuals uh, with very little egos right. Uh, and this is what I love. These are the people that I want to spend my life with, right? Uh, and, and hopefully you guys too. Um, so I have a question here. If you can tell us a bit about your experience in Africa. So how different is Africa from Texas? You want me to compare a continent to a state <laughs> in a country? No, living in a, living in Nigeria, right? Living in Nigeria versus living in the U.S. Let's make it country to country. Country to country. Oh wow. Okay, even country to country because I I only lived in Southwest Nigeria and visited some places around. <laughs> it's a huge country. By the way, how many people in, in Lagos? Uh, twenty. About twenty something million. About twenty five or twenty three million. In the capital city. In Lagos. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You have to fly into Lagos. You would, you could barely see the end of the city. You could barely see the horizon of that city. It's just buildings, just like that. It, it's a massive, massive um, place. Okay, so how will I compare? How? Okay, tell us a little bit about my experience in Africa. So that would be my experience in Lagos. So I will tell you my favorite quote about Lagos that I believe summarizes Lagos. Lead, follow, or get out of the way. It's, oh, it's a very vibrant, <laughs> it's a very vibrant. <laughs> oh, your dad's favorite quote. Are you serious, Bianca? Bianca no, no. and I, I think we are twins. I think Bianca we're and I are twins. <laughs> Uh, my father has it in like when you walk into uh, his office instead of having you know his name in a plate he has lead follow or get out of the way that's the first thing you see when you sit down in front of his desk <laughs> yes I'll send a photo via the group so you see I'm not lying Oh, are you serious? Oh my God, that's so that is but well, that's Lagos that is Lagos right there they drive bumper to bumper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, <sighs> yes, but you see, I, I was born in a very um, vibrant city. Lagos is highly educated. I'm fourth generation college educated in my family. So if you're talking about going to college, no one, in my family, no one blinks about it. It's like even a master's degree, you have a master's hand, no one cares. No, you took a PhD, oh, you have your doctorate, okay. No, you can impress them. Other than that, they don't really you have masters. They don't, they don't blink. But because I'm from a very large family, they're also part of not everyone in the family. Because I'm from a huge family. So not everyone 
has a college degree as, as well. I, I will ad admit that. But in Lagos, most people have college degrees in Lagos because the thinking in Southwest Nigeria generally is you're not educated until you have a college degree. Until you've had tertiary education, you do not, you're not educated. So what we call associate degree here in the United States is called a diploma in Nigeria. Two years of college is just a diploma in Nigeria. But when you've done four or five years, then they consider, okay, now you're educated. So, um, yeah, very, now for those who are Nigerian, you know this is true. For those who are Lagosians, you know this is true. Very vain city. <laughs> The average person is so fashion conscious. Oh my goodness, they're very conscious of how they're perceived. My Samsung phone is so old-fashioned; they wouldn't, none of them would take it from you. <laughs> and um, very interesting, but also multicultural. So, because I was raised in in Lagos, I, I understand what we call diversity because I was born into it. You could have 200 people in a room in Lagos and no two will speak the exact same language. You could have about 10 speak a language that, uh, a version of a language that they all understand. Like a dialect? But their own dialects will be different, yes. They'll have different dialects, yeah. Well, you, that, is, that is Nigeria. For you, Nigeria is a very vibrant, very culturally sensitive country, um, very religious country. And uh, because I was raised in a highly educated environment that is very, very competitive, you know, I think part of the, the residue of that also helps me here in the United States. You know, that part of me that just didn't want to give up was actually put in me in Nigeria. Well, listen, um, we could be talking for hours, okay, but we scheduled for one hour just to uh, have uh, leave a little taste, give a little taste of, of the book. We want everybody to read the book. And you talk about quotes, so I'm going to share a quote that I have in the living room of my house that reminds me of you at this moment, okay? And it is- Oh, oh. I received it. Thank you, Hernan. <laughs> you, know, you know I love you. So- I love you too. Bernie brought us together, right? And we're sharing our lives here. And this is what matters to me. And you know that we, you know, sometimes I have another friend of mine that says that momenticos, he's Cuban, he says momenticos. He says that one day we're gonna look at our lives and realize that the, the little moments are the big moments that we were looking for, right? So yes. these are, the little moments are probably, you know, this is gonna be a highlight of a movie, right? Because this is the little moment that is a big deal to many people and we continue the journey. Olu, I love you. You know, guys, love you be, too. Uh, God bless. And, and, and again, keep sharing the truth, you know, keep sharing the honesty. You know, sometimes I hold back a lot. Um, 
because I have to. You know, in our Christian faith, uh, they have a saying that you can't cast pearls to swine, right? You've yes. heard of that? Which yeah. is because they don't get it, right? I'm going to start throwing beautiful things. They're not going to get it until they mature a little bit more. That's when they start getting it, right? And, and uh, you know, I, I pray that, that, uh, that people get it at some point. In the meantime, we keep telling them the truth, uh, you know, one way or another. And, and your book is 100% truth truth and honest so uh defying inertia it's so funny i showed you the, the name of my future book right <laughs> it's very easy right don't people don't steal it and bianca knows this building career momentum and what that means is you're talking about inertia and mine is about movement which is yeah. very similar to to yours and when i when i saw your book i go holy crap Look at, look at my, the cover of my book and look at the cover of your book. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, it's all about action, right? Action. And yeah. that's the big part, not, not, you know, not sitting around doing nothing. And I know it's hard for people in the COVID area, but, you know, the greatest time for our organization at Apprentice Worldwide has truly been this, right? This, this COVID time when we're hanging out together online because we, you know, we're, we just happen to be there. But, uh, Again, thank you, my friend. You know, congratulations. And this recording, I already sent it to you. You can share it with people. I'm going to edit it a little bit at the beginning uh, in the same uh, YouTube. Uh, but, you know, valuable lessons for everybody. Again, thank you. Anybody else before we leave? Thank you, Hernan. Thank you, every. I mean, you guys are the best. <laughs> you, are, you, you are my family. <laughs> I'm the one who loves chocolate the most, but you are my family and I love you all. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bianca. Thanks, Kate. Thank you.